0: Hey there, what's up? Welcome to episode 7 of Before the Drop, the show that brings you advice for pursuing a career in music and for those who are waiting for the chorus to drop in their own careers and lives. My name is Azodi and in this week's episode I want to talk about something that happened to me very recently that was probably one of the top 5 worst experiences in my adult life my YouTube channel of over 25,000 subscribers and my email account were hacked. I want to share the story of what I went through and what I learned from the process. I just want to thank you for listening to this episode and if you could rate and share this with anyone you feel needs to hear it, that would be greatly appreciated. At the time of this recording, this all happened last Friday, which was three days ago. So generally this last week, there was nothing new or out of the ordinary. Admittedly, I haven't been uploading as frequently as I have done over the years because, you know, been, life gets in the way, I've been focusing on this podcast, been working on the Discord community a lot more and serving my clients. So yeah, nothing really that different per se. I was having a backwards and forwards via email with a marketing agency who were asking me to sponsor you know, a 30 second short video clip to put into one of my videos to help promote a video game. So I checked the video game out, it was due for release this year, the game looked really cool and legit, we agreed on a price and then they said we have this pre-recorded footage of the game, we just want you to give us your thoughts and talk over it and promote certain things about the release that's already public. So I was like, yeah, no problem. Downloaded the video, unzipped it, and in the folder was not an MP4 or a MOV file, but a screensaver file. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Double clicked it, nothing happened. It was super weird. Like, it had the game title and everything, and it all kind of looked, you know, like official, but it just wasn't an MP4 or a MOV file. So I emailed them back going, hey, is it okay to send over a mobile mp4 file as as this one's just not really doing anything? Googled the file extension, halfway down the Google search results, I saw a Reddit thread and this guy was like, be careful. This is something that hackers use to collect data and your cookies. Now initially off the bat, I didn't think too much of it if I think back to then. Because it was just the one post, you know. I normally, when I search on Google, like I'm sure you guys do, you need like three or four different people saying the same thing before you get that confirmation that it's happening. So just one post alone, I kind of was aware, but I wasn't really taking it super serious. About 10 50 minutes later, and I'm just on YouTube I don't know just researching or just looking at the content and then all of a sudden I was signed out of YouTube and I was like this is that's weird maybe I've just lost the internet's drop. so I refreshed and I was properly signed out so then I go to my email account to check everything and I'd been signed out of that and what was really weird about it was there was this email address that I didn't recognize it had my name and the first half of my email, but instead of being at a Gmail account, it was at some random website. And I remember, as soon as I saw that, you start to feel a sense of dread take over you. You get that horrible feeling in the pit of your stomach, and I could just slowly feel my heart rate picking up and getting faster and faster, and that sense of panic just taking over your body. Now, I'm trying to remember... Because everything felt like a blur at this point. And I'm trying to think what was the worst part about this experience right now. And it was one, the loss of control over my own email and YouTube channel. And two, it's the unknown. There is some random person in your email account and they could literally, you're at the mercy of them. They could literally do anything. The best way I can kind of describe it is you're locked outside of your house. And inside your house is a complete malicious stranger who could actually do anything in, within your house. They could steal anything of value to you. They could call up your bank, take all the money, move it to their account. They could find all your identification, your passport information, bank statements. They could, they could have found that. They could have been pretending to be you and acting on your behalf. It was it was horrific. It was it was so scary. Regarding the YouTube channel, I felt that I was kind of okay with it. I know that working with our uh, SEO guys in the past, they had explained to me that the entirety of Google is backed up on I don't know six seven. I don't know how many, but massive, massive supercomputers that's storing, is taking snapshots of the internet every day. It's almost every day or like every week or month, I don't know. Either way, they have it backed up and if something was to go wrong in the same way that you can always roll back your operating system like Windows, there would have been several backups of my YouTube account before it had been taken over. So I felt that if I could communicate... With YouTube and and Google, they would be able to keep everything in check. So, obviously, the first thing we do is how the hell do we get in touch with Google and YouTube? How do we contact them to tell them what's happened? Because there is absolutely no telephone numbers to get hold of Google and YouTube, which is very understandable because they are probably the biggest one of the biggest platforms on the entire planet. So, you can understand in the heat of that moment I wasn't thinking straight. The emotions had completely got the better of me. I'm normally quite a controlled person, but in that moment then I was I was a bit I was a mess. I was absolute mess. My wife was the one who kind of had to dive in and save the day, so to speak, or at least get the ball rolling, you know, and start thinking, right, we could do this, we could try that, blah blah blah. The simplest the simplest decision I had to make Felt like a mountain. So the first thing I managed to do was to change all the information on all my accounts. I called up the bank as well, tried to sort all of that out. Now, luckily, a lot of my accounts were set up with with different um, emails and all this sort of stuff, so that was okay, and I was grateful for that. I'd done that, but it still remained the fact that they had access to potentially quite a lot of information. So we were constantly trying to figure out how to get in touch with Google and YouTube. We called family members and my wife's brother actually suggested to reach out to the community. You know, if I had a community online, it was worth tweeting about it, posting about it and seeing if anyone could help. So what I did is I posted on Twitter and I'm very, very appreciative of this, but my friend Alex, who you heard on last week's episode, saw the tweet and he retweeted it to his 150k-odd followers on Twitter, with YouTube and YouTube creators and all those handles included in the tweet. So it got quite a lot of uh, traction and uh, engagement. So as that was going on, I ended up going back to have a look at the YouTube channel, and yeah, they had basically deleted all my videos all the banner artwork everything that was associated with my brand apart from leaving uh one of an old live stream thumbnail that i had and they had changed all the branding to some freaking cryptocurrency which was just uh, crypto man it's like the wild west isn't it it's complete wild west but they had used my channel to clearly promote some sort of crypto scam Yeah, and I'll get onto this later at the end of the podcast because once I eventually got back into my YouTube, I can share with you what they used my channel for. Even through sheer panic and fear, I did find some stuff interesting about what they did because of the natural curiosity of what their agenda was. So I think about an hour or two had passed. It felt like an eternity, but then I got DM'd by YouTube directly via Twitter and I was like, a whole amount of weight had just kind of evaporated off my shoulders. There was still a lot I was dealing with, but at the same time, I felt that we'd made a bit of progress. So they reached out and they asked me, you know, can we have the address of your YouTube channel, blah, blah, blah. It took about eight hours before they had sent me a form to fill out. And the form, there was a lot of detail needed into that form. And I, I just basically added everything that I could about my channel, the situation. Once that form was filled out and sent off, they got back to me within an hour, maybe two hours with more information. Um, And it was now getting to about 10, 11 o'clock at night by this time. And I was like just so emotionally drained. You know, I was exhausted, shattered from just panicking, trying to find solutions and answers to how to fix this problem. I passed out, and I probably slept about two hours, because it was clearly just in my head, subconsciously, my dreams and stuff, and I remember waking up at about half one in the morning or so, and I was just like, I need to check my emails, I need to check my emails, you know, that crazy, like, I'm not being myself, you know, you're just being, you're just crazy, erratic, loss of control, it's just horrible, funnily enough, I woke up, checked my email, and they had had just responded back to me about 10 minutes before, I was like, screw it, I need to get up, and my wife got up with me, which I, I really, really appreciated her for doing that because my wife likes her sleep. <laughs> she loves her sleep. So for her to do that is, uh, I, let's just say I really appreciate it. So in the email, YouTube had asked us to follow these instructions to get the email account back and the YouTube channel back. We did them. It worked. I'd got everything back, changed everything like as quickly as possible in a flash of a second, just, just changed everything. I told them and they emailed back with, we need a few more security checks, but we're glad it's looking good just just for our own information, blah, blah, blah. So we're kind of out of the danger zone, let's say by this point. I had people in my community tell me that this was happening to other sort of mid to large size YouTubers. Some of them, it was taking them about seven to eight days to get their YouTube cancer back. So I was kind of gearing myself up for that. So to have it in 12 to 15 hours was... A win in my eyes and YouTube were really really great at it but I also really want to thank the community especially Alex for retweeting it because just small things like that made such a huge difference and people who are engaging with the tweet and retweeting it liking it YouTube were getting notified every time with that so I really appreciate you guys for doing that in, in such a desperate time. So let's talk about a few of the lessons that I learned from this and to dispel a few opinions that you guys are probably thinking of. (laughs) So, first thing, first thing, there were three layers of security on my account. I had backup email, I had the telephone number, text message number, and all that sort of stuff, and I also had the 2FA authenticator. The hackers had managed to collect my cookie info and use that. So, they could just access the account and change all of that. My The the phone number, the 2FA, all of that stuff. They did it within 5-10 minutes, so clearly they they knew what they were doing. If you're more interested in what happened to me and you want to know more of the technical details, there is an article on Wired about this. It's been going on for about 10 years, but a massive increase since lockdown in 2020. I'll link you guys to the Wired article if you want to read more about how they, how they did it, because it was very close to what happened to me. So even with three layers of security, it wasn't enough. So second point, I am generally critical of people who are going to reach out to me generally. You need to be a bit suspicious on the internet. Only two weeks before this had happened, I had another DM from a certain YouTuber who I trusted telling me to invest money into a crypto website (laughs) Uh, and that was harder because it was someone that I trusted and had been watching content for a while but then I had other friends who are into investing and stuff and go hey do you mind checking out this website tell me what you think and they were like yeah this is really dodgy not only is it crypto but it's not a very reliable website and also there's typos all over the page and all this sort of stuff so I'd avoided potentially another scam then but this one it really caught me off guard as it felt that it was a real person the way that they were emailing felt very like you were talking to a real person and we were emailing backwards and forwards for a week before and I think the more that you kind of respond and email the more kind of trust you build and these hackers and scammers know that I just wanted to clarify those points if I hadn't made myself secure enough or I was being stupid now probably a bit stupid don't get me wrong there's still a bit of that but I had taken precautions to protect myself so let's talk about the lessons that I learned from this experience. No matter how many layers of security you have, always have more. <laughs> always have more. I, I've spent a bunch of money on upgrading my already existing cybersecurity and viruses and all that software. You can never have too many emails. As I learned in that moment in time, having several different emails set up with several different accounts played in my favor. If you've got a public facing email, I would use a separate email account to create a social media platform or YouTube channel with. And one of the most important lessons that I learned was the power of community, like the support from people online who didn't have to help me. They owed me nothing, you know? They helped me and it paid off. It sped the whole process up, it got YouTubers' attention much quicker. I'm eternally grateful, like really, really grateful. Another lesson that I had learned from this horrific experience was not to put all your eggs in one basket. Even though my YouTube is the biggest sort of platform that I have, it is good that I was building other platforms around it. This podcast, for example, the Discord community, email list, YouTube could shut down tomorrow like Vine did or MySpace, so it's good to have backup. So if you're interested as to why these hackers did this, I can explain after I got access to my YouTube account back. Luckily, they hadn't deleted all my videos, but they had privated over 100, 150 videos. So that was fun for me to uh, make all of those public again. Uh, Every cloud, every cloud. Um, But yeah, what they had did is they had uploaded their own crypto live stream from my channel. And I imagine it was probably promoting a crypto scam. Now, if you looked at the data of my back end of YouTube, generally, I have a steady flow of, I don't know, 20 to 100 views a day across all my old content. Within the hour of them hacking me and getting access to the account, you can see on the live view data, there is a massive spike of about four to 5,000 views on my channel for an hour. And that would have been when they had decided to live stream their crypto scam from my channel. I lost probably about 100, 150 subscribers, which is, yeah, completely understandable. I imagine most K-pop fans don't really care about a crypto scheme, <laughs> in all honesty, so hands up, totally understandable. <laughs> but apart from that, they were all pretty minor changes like deleting links, deleting all my community posts and playlists, but I can put all of those back up again. It just takes a bit of time. I hope you learned something from this episode and not to make the same horrific mistake that I made. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you at the same time next week.